I think that we're in a time where in Western civilization and, and really kind of this this globalization that's going on. There's this real push for a a global society. There's a real push for a globalized um, mass communications no. way of, of doing things. And so we're at this, I think, a turning point where we're going to see um, people falling away from the purity of Jesus Christ. And I think we, we are seeing a, a real um, falling away that's been going on. Amen. And I, I, I'm not happy about that. That's not something that I rejoice in at all. We're, we're in a, a, a situation where there's so much information, so much technology, there's so much um, pressure for us to conform to a global ideology right now through the, the dissemination of information. Um, and, and I think that we are going to encounter a lot of pressure and we are encountering a lot of pressure in the, in the times that we live in. Um, the pressure that's, the pressure that's coming, uh, to the body of Christ, the pressure that is upon the body of Christ is, is really, um, devious. <laughs> there is a devious, um, deceptive pressure upon the body of Christ that, uh, would cause God's people to turn to other ways rather than to turn to the way, the truth and the life, Jesus Christ. It's so simple um, that a lot of people want to forsake um, this message because because the simplicity of it is almost foolish. It seems foolish, but the Lord chooses the foolish things to confound the wise. And I think that we're going to be experiencing um, a great um, revelation of Jesus, the person of Jesus, in these times of pressure that are going to help us overcome. Um, We cannot overcome by our own strength. Amen. We cannot overcome by our own strength. It looks like we got MixLR back. Hi, everybody at MixLR. It's great to see you. I see Claudia and Greg. Blue Green Cats, great name. Uh, Jared and Faye and Tracy, God bless you. So glad you're here tonight. Um, it's just an honor to be here with you guys. And we're going to do some, we're going to praise some tonight together and and make a joyful noise to the Lord. Um, I don't know how pretty it will be, but, <laughs> but we'll do it nonetheless. But, um, so we live in this time, though, where there's so much pressure um, to conform to a uh, to worldly ideologies, to worldly systems, to worldly ideas. We are going through a massive transition, and we've been in this massive transition. And it's this information and technology era that we live in that is putting this pressure upon people to conform their mindsets conform their lifestyles and conform their worship to a, a worship of the world or worship of the system of the world. And the deception in that is there is there's an immense amount of demonic um, and satanic activity behind that. And we know that. 
this, you know, that's not the revelation. That's just the, um, that's the veil that needs to come off as we see the world. We need to fall out of love with the world and fall in love with Jesus again. We need to fall out of love with the world and fall in love with Jesus again. We are in a major crisis of falling in love with the world in the Western church culture. Here's some of the signs of that. You see how the, the, the world uses performance to gain influence, uses performance to gain attention, uses performance to extend its kind of prowess. Right now, the church is mimicking the world by trying to use performance. So we utilize very um, humanistic kind of methods to extend the gospel of the kingdom. I'm not saying God cannot use the stage, cannot use music. I don't have problems with God using any of that. What I have a problem, though, is when the message and purity of Jesus Christ gets diluted with humanism, gets diluted with the ideas of this world, and and becomes a pseudo-philosophical, pseudo-psychological religion. We are in we are in a massive transition where there is a false religion that's actually risen up within Christendom. And that false religion is going to intermarry with other religions, other ideas, other ideologies. And and this is not a new problem, right? It's just being rapidly extended by the dissemination of information. But what we need is revelation, not information. We need a revelation that Jesus is who he said he is from start to finish, that he is who he said he said he is and says he is because he's currently living, risen in heaven, ruling and reigning in heaven. And he would rule and reign in my heart and in your heart and in our families and in our society if we would let him. And we, we have become impotent in the Western church because we love the world. We love the ways of the world, and the enemy has used that love of the world to render us impotent and, and for us to not be walking in, in the very life and power of Jesus. And the Lord would, would bring his life in, into us. He is in us by the Spirit. For those who have called upon his name, who believe on him, there is a, a measure of life of Jesus in us, but he wants to expand that. And that, that comes at an external cost, or it's going to cost us the things of this world. But what comes with that is the life of Jesus. And we would forsake the life of Jesus for temporary pleasures. We'd forsake the life of Jesus for, for knowledge. We'd forsake knowing him for information or feeling puffed up or proud or trying to control our lives and make our seal, ourselves feel better. You see, there's this, this groan in creation for the full redemption, and that has not come to fullness yet. And we get really uncomfortable with that groan. We get really uncomfortable when we have that groan within us and we want to run away from it. And the Lord, the Lord in this time would come and say, wait upon me in the midst of that groan and come and humble yourself before me. Let that groan drive you to the mat, drive you to the floor drive you to a place of total humility, total humility before me. 
Is he not worthy? Is he not worthy, brothers and sisters? Is he not worthy of a people who would give their lives in wholehearted devotion to him? Amen. Is he not worthy that that people would come out of all of their their doings, all of their ideas, all of our um, ways of doing things, and and totally trusting in the person of Jesus? Jesus wants uh, not just a a uh, an idea of a relationship. He wants a real relationship where we hear his voice and follow him, where there's intimacy with him. But we have to understand too that that we we have this um, we have this relationship with Jesus as he's the Son of Man, right? He came, he came as a man, and so we can have this relationship with Jesus as the Son of Man. But he is also the Son of God, fully God, fully man, right? And so the Son of God aspect of his nature is what connects us to the Godhead, to the Trinity, to Father, Son, and the in spirit. And so there's this amazing relationship that we have come into in Christ. And we would forsake that relationship in this time, just like the Jews for forsook God for idols in their time, just like the Jews. And so we're going to go into Isaiah 6 tonight and talk about the this, this relationship to God that God's people had, but they forsook that relationship for temporary idols, for, for uh, appeasing the, the political pressures of the time for appeasing um, uh, these other nations that had come in or threatening them or whatever. And there's, there's this way of getting to, um, to a place of comfort that is the way of the world. And there, there is God's way of doing things, which involves total humility, total surrender, total trust. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't look like impotence. It actually allows the, the potency and the power of God to operate in great measure in his people and through his people. And he actually rises up to represent his people, defend them, protect them, and lead them into the promises that he has. So there's these great promises, this great hope, but we, we can't just have a, a light hope or a, a uh, temporal hope or a a lowly hope where our hope is in temporary things. God would move us on from thinking so much about temporary stuff, and he would get us thinking and meditating on eternal things, things that are of him, of heaven, of his nature, and get us back into that that zone of total trust, of total focus on him. And, and Jesus he has given us everything in the new covenant, everything in the new covenant that we need to have this relationship with God. But in the old covenant, they, they were breaking the old covenant, right? They were breaking the covenant and the laws of God in, in the Old Testament, and, the, and God's people fell into problems because of that. And now the church has fallen into problems because we have forsaken the new covenant. We have forsaken in so many ways, we have forsaken this, this pure and precious relationship with the person of Jesus Christ that has been once and for all handed down to the saints. I'm quoting Jude. And, and we have forsaken that, that new covenant for, for a mixture, a mixture of Christian philosophy with the philosophies of this world. That is not going to hold up. That, does not, that is not solid ground. 
That is shaky ground. That is, that is building your house on sand. And the Lord would have us build the house on the rock, which is him. He is the rock. He is the rock. So let's forsake all of this Christian philosophy and, and get back to Jesus. Get back to him. I'm not saying there's not a purpose for understanding. I'm not saying there's not a purpose for deep study, even a scholarly study of the word of God. But I have an issue when the supremacy and headship and lordship of Jesus gets taken out of that equation, when his lordship is not leading that journey of study, not leading that, that, that hunger for the word of God. Amen. So we need now a, not only a wake-up call, but we need a revelation of Jesus. We need a greater revelation of Jesus. And some here have had a, a measure of that. I've had a measure of it, and it shook me up because it started to reveal all that was not in alignment with him in me. And it made me realize I can't, I can't compete with the world and do things the way the world does and think that's going to hold up before God. It's not going to hold up. Amen. So I'm getting off <laughs> off subject a little bit, but um, in Isaiah six, there's there's just so much so much good stuff in here. But we're gonna first take a little bit of time and and praise the Lord. I have I just have my guitar with me, and we're gonna we're just gonna sing together. You know, um, greet each other with hymn songs and spiritual songs as Ephesians. So let's let's just go before the Lord and praise Him. Um, not a performance ever, not ever. Lord, may it never be a performance. May you break me out of every mindset, Lord, of, of performing for you or for others, Lord. Would you keep us from performing for, for anybody, Lord? May we hear your voice and obey. May we hear your voice again in this time, in this hour of need, Lord. May we hear your voice and obey. Lord, we thank you so much. We just lift our, our hearts, Lord. We lift our eyes to you. Thank you, Jesus. Holy, 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 holy. Holy, holy. Of his glory. Thank you, Jesus. Holy, holy. 
holy, holy. Holy, 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 holy. Just sing to the Lord. Holy, 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 holy. Consumes me, consume all the dross, 
consume all the drugs. Consume all the drugs. Burn deep. Burn deep. Consume like the fire you are. Consume all my thoughts. Consume all my lowliness. Consume all my sinfulness. Burn all the chaff. Burn all the dross, Lord. Burn me inside, Lord. Let your fire burn tonight, God. Let your fire burn tonight. Holy, holy are you, Lord. Unreplaceable. Unchangeable. Unshakable, unchanging one, you are eternal, you are forever, Abba, you are forever, Abba, you are forever, Abba, oh, unchanging one, you are unshakable. Take us deeper, God. Take us deeper, Lord. From the outer court to the inner, to the holy place, to the holy one. Jesus, you are unchanging one. Unshakable, you are life. Break every chain tonight, break every curse tonight, break every lie that's been so caught up in my mind. Break every lie tonight, tear every lie tonight. Take down every idol that plagues my soul. Take every idol, Lord, for you are worthy. You are holy. You are awesome. You are wonderful. Holy is the Lamb. Holy is the Lamb, His blood is sufficient. Let the Lamb be lifted high, let the Lamb be lifted high, Lamb of God. Let the Lamb be lifted high, Lamb of God, you are worthy. Lift up praise to the Lamb, the Lamb who is worthy. The lamb who was slain at the foundation of the, the earth. The lamb who paid the price for the sins of man. That the souls of humanity could come out to him. Come out, come out of all this evil. Come out of all this idolatry. Come out, come out to the one. Come out to Jesus now. Come out, 
Come out of your houses, come out of your prisons, come out of your chambers. Oh, the bridegroom's calling, he's calling for a bride tonight. He's calling for a bride tonight. Come out to me, my people. Come out to me, my people. He's calling for a bride tonight. He's calling for a bride tonight. Come out of the chamber, oh bridegroom. Come out to your people, Lord. Let the gates be opened up. Let the gates of my heart be opened up. Open up you gates, let the King of Glory come in. Let the King of Glory come in. Let the King of Glory come in. Rule and reign with might and power. Rule and reign with might and power. Let the King of Glory come in to rule and reign with might and power, O Jehovah. We cannot utter your name but by Christ, cannot behold you but by Christ, cannot see you but by Christ. Oh, thank you, Lord, we go low. We go low tonight. We go low tonight. We go low. Be lifted high. Be lifted high. Holy, holy. Holy, 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 holy. Thank you, Jesus. You are holy, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are worthy, worthy God, worthy of all praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Yes, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, that you are unchanging. Jesus, you are worthy. You are worthy of our hearts, Lord. You are worthy of our lives laid down on the altar. We come to that altar tonight, and we we cannot offer you anything, Lord, except our lives. We we give you our lives tonight. We give you an offering, Lord, that of the heart, Lord. May it be pleasing unto you. And Jesus, thank you that you are the offering. That Christ in us is the offering. That you are the sacrifice, Lord. That our rest is in you. That our Sabbath is in you every day now. Meant to be 24-7 Sabbath. 24-7 rest in Jesus Christ. No matter how hard we're working, we rest in you. 
there is peace in you. When there is so much shaking around us, shaking going on, Lord, you are unchanging in inwardly, Lord. You are unchanging inside of us, Lord. Be the life, Lord, in us. May every other life that is not you be cast out. Every other voice be cast out. Every other idol, every other God be crushed, cast out. The God of self be crushed and cast out. That the new life, the different life, the the new creation life that's in you would rise. The Christ life would rise in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Isaiah 6, chapter 1, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. We can stop right there because the Lord is the ultimate ruler, the ultimate God, the supreme one who is above all, above every power, principality, king, above every oligarchy, (laughs) over every theocracy. He is over every form of government that has ever been in this earth, every form of government. His government is the highest. His government is supreme, is overarching every single God, every single power, every single being. Amen. Every angel and every demon. Every man and every woman, every person, he is over them. Now, not everybody is surrendered to him, but he has rights by creation over this creation because he created it. And nobody else created it. No other being created this world, created humanity, created the animals, created the sky and the stars and the ocean and the mountains and the trees, nobody created but he did. No one but God. Amen? And I saw, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. The train of his robe filled the temple. Let's go there for a minute. The entire temple of God was filled with the the train of his robe with the presence of God filled the temple. And he supremely was ruling and reigning from his throne. Confidently, not insecure, not looking desperately for attention of man. No need in God. Amen? No need in God. In verse 2, above it stood seraphim, these flaming ones, these burning ones, Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. Even the seraphim could not behold the Lord in fullness. Even the seraphim could not behold this God, the God of the angel armies, the God of all creation. No one could behold him, not even the seraphim. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The whole earth is full of his 
glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice. The voice, guys. The posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Guys, I am of unclean lips. We are of unclean lips, and we dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Whatever comes out of a mouth, the mouth of man, is what defiles him. We are of unclean lips. What is it that has come out of us? Let that conviction go deep tonight that our words have have importance, eternal importance, that the words that come out of my mouth are eternally important. My eyes, what I've seen, what I've beheld, I cannot behold the Lord because I am a man of unclean lips is what Isaiah is saying. Isn't that the truth? (laughs) Aren't we unworthy? Isn't that the best acknowledgement ever when we live in a Christianity right now that promotes self-improvement and worthiness? Self-improvement and worthiness. That's what we're promoting. Here's how you can find your best self. Are you kidding me? We are literally dealing with the God of heaven, the God of all creation, and we would come to him bringing him our self-actualized personalities? Are you kidding me? What a slap in the face. What an abomination before God. I have nothing. I am a man of unclean lips, Isaiah says. So Isaiah feeling downtrodden by the presence of God because of his his earthly defiled state, right? He's in an earthly defiled state and he needs to be taken into a new state, a new place, a new life. That's what he needs. And so God, instead of condemning him, God brings a different response. Thank God. Amen. Thank God for God. In verse six, it says, then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with the, with the tongs from the altar. So the seraphim comes with the coal from the altar, from the altar. The altar is symbolic of the sacrifice, the sacrifice. The cleansing comes from the sacrifice, amen? So he comes with the tongs from the altar and he touched my mouth with it and said, behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Whoa. <laughs> Thank you, God. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Whoa. Okay, so we got some stuff to unpack here. We have, we have the altar. We have the coal. We have the lips. We have the, the burning ones, these seraphim. You know, the cherubim and seraphim are not Precious moments, dolls. I I grew up in in the Midwest, and there's a this precious moments castle or something. It's in somewhere in Missouri, and uh, <laughs> it's these little like chubby 
cherubs, these little chubby angels that you put on your mantle, you know, they look like bunny rabbits or something. And, uh, I mean, I think it's funny, but, (laughs) but seriously, like this is not how the, the cherubim and the seraphim are described in scripture. These are holy beings. These are creatures of God that are, are designed and made to, to adore God, to proclaim his holiness his worthiness. So this seraphim comes with the coal from the altar to burn the mouth, to touch the lips. And and this is not a burning that's going to shut the, Isaiah's mouth forever. This is actually a burning of consecration, a burning of cleansing, a burning. So in the scripture, the burning and fire often represent uh, cleansing and purification. It's a purifying fire. So there is a fire of judgment, there's a fire of wrath, and there's a fire of purification. And there's measures to the fire of God. And we need to understand that, that we're not always in, engaging God on the same level that we were before. God may be working with us in a season of pruning. He brings pruning when you're fruitful. He actually prunes the branch that's fruitful so that it'll produce more fruit. That's different than when a season of discipline. He disciplines those he loves. That season of discipline is different than pruning. The discipline season is to correct, to warn, to peel away at areas that are, are, are really broken. And so he breaks off those areas, cuts us away through discipline. It's a deep cutting of the Lord. It's like a surgery of God. But the pruning is a beautiful process as well. And we need to understand that there's different ways that we can engage God. There's different aspects to his fire. There's different levels to his fire. There's different levels to engaging with God in Christ. We don't engage with God anymore in the old covenant. It is dead. The old covenant is gone it's dead. So we don't engage God in the same temple worship that was taking place in the old covenant. We now engage God through Christ. There's similar types and shadows from the old covenant as to the nature of God and to the nature of the Godhead and to the nature of how we engage God. But we are now in a new covenant where that coal from the altar is Taken, it's the cross, the cross of Christ that pays for that cleansing and purification. Amen. Isn't that good? So then the Lord goes right to it in verse 8. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord. So if you notice here, Isaiah, there, the voice of the Lord is shaking. So there is this shaking of the doorposts in verse 4, right? By the voice. But before... The Lord speaks, Isaiah says, I am unclean. So it's the immediate confession that I am unclean. I am of unclean lips. But then it moves from this place of uncleanness to where God, by the seraphim, actually purge and clean Isaiah so that Isaiah can have a conversation with God. In our Western Christianity, we talk way too trivial about the way we encounter God. Like, I think sometimes we're worshiping the wrong God. Not everybody, I'm not saying that, but sometimes there's a false Jesus that 
that we encounter in our trivial ways. And I'm not saying there's God isn't in the mundane. He is. He works in a lot of normal mundane ways. So don't be tricked by the enemy to think that you need to constantly be super spiritual. You are spiritual in Christ. You are unspiritual outside of Christ. Let's just leave it at that, right? So in Christ, there is this this deep well of spirituality. It, ma- it manifests in different ways, and we don't need to control that. What we do need, though, is Him, and we don't need a false version of Him. But we've got this trivial kind of like, Oh, Jesus is just my like best buddy, and we snuggle up together and have tea or something, and we we're just we're we're sharing muffins together and enjoying, um, you know, the 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 sound of the babbling brook outside. The, the presence of God goes way beyond that. I'm not saying God doesn't work in those times. There's times of sweetness, but I need I need to to clarify, and we need we need to distinguish between things that trivialize God and things that honor God, things that bring honor to him versus ways that, that do not honor him. And I think the Lord wants to distinguish that and bring clarity to that so that we can get to know him and he's going to help us. So he helps Isaiah. He, Isaiah is, woe is me, he's undone by his own uncleanness, but the Lord provides cleansing for him so that he can encounter God so that he can approach God. Christ has become that. He has become that intercessor, that high priest for us, to be able to have connection and relationship to God. So God says, whom shall I send and who will go for us? (laughs) For us, this triune God, not three gods, one God, but triune. Who will go for us? Then I said, then Isaiah said, here am I send me. And he said, go and tell this people. So let's go through the process of God initiating. He's bringing people, he, he's bringing some people into this place where we're, we've been called out of sin and darkness, dark-mindedness. And he would do this with everybody, I believe, if we would allow him. But he's called us out of this place of, of depraved thinking and depraved living and he he makes us ready isn't that amazing he makes isaiah ready by the coal he makes isaiah ready and then isaiah's response is very simple when the lord says whom shall i send isaiah simply says here am i send me so whenever god's wanting to deliver a message the messenger is not the focus god is the focus and is meant to be the focus. The messenger, I guarantee you, is just as depraved as Adam outside of Christ, just as depraved as Eve outside of Christ. Our culture wants you to think that Eve is better than Adam right now. Oh, well, we just need we more we need more of the Eve life because Eve's life is is just it's more peaceful, and all the the war in the earth is due to Adam and to Cain and all of these men, right? But the issue is not Adam or Eve. It is God. Change, transformation, life is in him. And it is not outside of him ever, never outside of him. The problem with Adam and Eve is that they they became outside of God. They were kicked out. 
they had to be expelled from the garden by God's mercy to then bring forward a, a solution to the human condition. So the Lord is not, his judgments are good. His judgments are merciful. When we read Isaiah and Jeremiah and, and Joel and all of these different uh, Old Testament prophets, and then you go in the New Testament, you go into the New Testament, it's the same thing. There's these righteous judgments of God, not to exclude the wrath of God, but this is how humans, how we are understanding the moves of God, because how is it, God, that you could allow these plagues, is what Joel's basically saying, how, you know, the the locusts you sent. But then God takes the locusts away and restores the years the locusts have stolen. So we see this pattern of God, where God, he allows measures of judgment to, to get his people to repentance. The problem is when people don't repent. The problem is when we don't truly, out of the depths of our heart, repent unto God. And we are in a time, in an hour, in our culture, in our era, where we need to repent. We need to repent from the depths of our heart. From the depths of our heart, we need to repent. I'm not saying do lip service to God or to men. Don't do lip service to anyone, but repent. Turn from your wicked ways Come before God and say, woe is me, I am undone because I am a, a man or a woman of unclean lips. Amen? So then God provides the way, the cleansing for us to encounter him. And then he provides his voice to us to give instruction. And then he provides the message. Keep on hearing is the message but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and be healed. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities are laid waste and without inhabitant, the houses are without a man, the land is utterly desolate, the Lord has removed men far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. But yet a tenth will be in it and will return and be for consuming in a terebinth tree or as an oak whose stump remains when it is cut down. So the holy seed shall be its stump. Does anybody read this and think, okay, this is pretty mysterious? <laughs> Do you read that and think, I'm in Isaiah chapter 6, that was verse 10 through 13, or 9 through 13. So after Isaiah says, here am I, send me, which is the part we all want to talk about. Oh, here am I, send me, Lord, send me, you know. But do you hear what Isaiah has to share? <laughs> do you see the message that he has to proclaim? You see, for the judgments of God to take place, there's, there's even a point to which it's too late in the journey for repentance. And that's what this is talking about, that there's actually a shutting of the ears that happens, a closing of the eyes. Our time has passed. Do not miss your moment with God. I don't, I don't mean that to put condemnation on anybody, but if God is come to you, do not miss that hour of visitation, brothers and sisters. Isn't that of great importance? Isn't it more important than our jobs? Isn't it more important than our families? Isn't it more important? I'm not saying there isn't 
importance to those things. I'm saying he's more important. Isn't he worthy of being listened to? Isn't he worthy of being waited upon? But I'm not a theologian. I'm not a, I'm not a scholar. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a worship leader or whatever. Fill in the blank with what, what you compare yourself against. Guys, here am I, send me. <laughs> here am I. What am I? I am nothing outside of God. I am outside of him. I'm unclean. But in him, I have life in him. Isn't that good news? In Jesus, there is new life. There is new life in him. There's new life in him. But when God's presented this good news to us, this amazing gospel, this amazing relationship with God, and we turn away from it, when it's once and for all been passed down to the saints and we forsake it, isn't there going to come a time where our ears become heavy and our eyes become heavy and we can no longer see or hear him? It's scary, isn't it? It's scary. It doesn't mean that in the end, God does not provide the ultimate solution. We're just at the beginning of Isaiah. If you go through to the end, you see the God story through the entire thing. You can't just take these segments and say in one teaching, in this teaching alone, and unpack the full meaning of these things. There's so much more. There's so much more. But if we go here in verse 13, after this time of the closing down of the ears and the eyes, after this time of where God brings judgment, there is something preserved at the end even. Even in this passage, there is a, a glimmer of hope, and there is there is this holy seed, this holy seed, this remnant is what you're going to see in Isaiah. There's going to be this remnant that represents the new Jerusalem. You see Jerusalem in Isaiah, it all leads up to the fall of Jerusalem in the middle of Isaiah, the fall of Jerusalem. But there's going to be, be a new Jerusalem, a new Jerusalem. Okay. There's going to be a new Jerusalem. And that new Jerusalem is preserved. This holy seed is preserved. And that holy seed is Jesus. You see, this passage in Isaiah is fulfilled in Jesus. Isn't that amazing? You see, there's going to be a great new Jerusalem coming to this earth. The new Jerusalem exists in Christ, in heaven. It is not of this earth, and it won't come up from the earth. It's going to come from him. And he is not of this earth. Isn't that good news? You see, we got Christians who are really focused on, on that new Jerusalem being cu- coming up from the earth. And I tell you the truth, the devil is, is deeply deceiving God's people into thinking that it's going to be realized here the way that we think. It will be realized in the age to come. But right now, the kingdom of God is coming violently into the hearts and souls and bodies of human beings. And that kingdom suffers violence, and the violent shall take take it by force. There is a violence of God. Don't misunderstand me. But there is a violence, a violent fire of God to cast out the kingdom of darkness, to bring forth his life, that we would be transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Amen. There is a kingdom of light in Jesus where my lack of energy is swallowed up, where my sickness is swallowed up, where my my deathly state of being is swallowed up. 
especially the condition of my soul. I may suffer outwardly, but inwardly there is life in Jesus. There is relationship. There's hope. There's faith. There's love. And you can't take it away from me because it's secured in him. You could take everything, right? You could take my house. You could take my family. You could take all of the things. And what Jesus has offered to us is an unshakable relationship that no matter what's taken outwardly, that inward kingdom remains, that internal relationship with God. But God is, he moves beyond the internal and into the external, just like he did with Isaiah. Here am I, send me. And so there is a mission of God to proclaim the truth to his people and to the lost. And there always will be. And there's people right now who are being called out into this, who are being The Lord is literally knocking on the door of your heart and saying, come out to me, come out of this Babylonian system and into a deep relationship with me, a relationship that may cost you everything outwardly, but there would be life and godliness and purity, hope, faith, and love. And it's not, it's not insubstantial. It's real. It's a real relationship. Amen. Isn't that good? Jesus has supplied every need. He has given his life that we would have this relationship life with him. He is the gate and the sheep gate. He is the entryway. It's so good. It's so good, guys. The Lord is working deeply within his people to draw us out of Babylon and into life. Now in Isaiah, we see this this exile that that takes place this these invaders from assyria and then and then babylon and there's the god story in the journey of babylon even in and of itself there's a great hope guys there's a great hope in christ but there's a need for us to approach god out of a place of total humility total surrender total trust it's deep within us it's a deep need and there's also a deep seed of pride and lust that plagues humanity in the flesh. But I'm telling you what, the Spirit of God is greater than that. The Spirit is deeper than that and can overcome that, can overcome that. What's the worst thing that's going to happen to us? We have to repent. We have to confess. Is that that terrible? You see, it's terrible for Christians who have great platforms and deeply rooted in sin. It's, it, it's terrifying. Confession and repentance is terrifying when you have a platform, when you have people who follow you. But we need to get back to the foundation of real relationship with God, real relationship with God. And our relationships with humans, our relationships with people will always be tainted by the old man until we come into the Lord. So then what we're presenting to to them, when we say, here am I, send me, we're not presenting to them our ideas. We're, we're literally, we are vessels that God is representing his life through us to others. And that's it. We literally say, here am I, send me. And then the Lord puts his words in our mouth. He speaks through us by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Isn't that good? <laughs> I love it. I, I think it's an amazing invitation. But it's going to cost us our fear of man. It's costing me my fear of man. And it, he's, he's still working on that area. <laughs> so let's get, let's get set free of that fear. Let's get set free of all fear, that spirit of fear. 
because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but what spirit, not a spirit of fear, but spirit of wisdom, love and a sound mind, right? Or power. Isn't that good? Yeah. I, I was, I was looking for a response on, on MixLR. Yeah. Deanna, throw it up there. But God has not given us that spirit. So we need to, you know, the, the enemy comes in, the enemy comes into the outer courts that the, the enemy comes in to seek, kill, and destroy, but he cannot come to the holy place ever because God is there. And we, in Christ, we have that in the spirit, but our, our memories and our bodies and our souls, we don't think about that. We think about what's in front of us. We're so focused on the temporary and God needs to move beyond our senses, beyond our five senses and into a spiritual intimacy with him. I'm not talking about a psychology or anything like that. I'm talking about a real relationship, a spiritual union and communion with God. Isn't that, isn't that amazing that we can have communion with God and we need to commune with God. We need to have communion with him, but we can't have communion with him when we have this root of bitterness and unforgiveness in us still. Is that condemnation? No. You know, my wife and I were talking about forgiveness you know, Jesus said, forgive 70 times seven. What's 70 times seven? It's 490. <laughs> that's a lot of forgiving, don't you think? But that's because Jesus knew how much. He knew how much bitterness was an issue. Offense is an issue for us. Offense is at the heart of things for us that keeps us from God. And God, it, he, even by his spirit, can, can grace us with forgiveness of others. But we need to come before him humbly come before him. We need to forgive and repent. And, and guys, it's not a one and done. This is a, a daily cross that we take up, the daily cross of, Lord, here am I, send me. Lord, I'm unclean today. I, I repent. I repent. I turn away from the, the known and especially the ignorant and unknown sins that are in me. Lord, help me. Help me. Deliver me, Lord. Deliver me of those things. We're, we're going to need more than just just you know, uh, saying the words, I forgive this person. We need a deliverance in our heart from the power that that unforgiveness and bitterness holds, the, the open gate that gives to the demonic. But it's easy to blame the devil. Oh, it's all just the devil's fault and it's all the enemy. And we, we try to cast out demons without any repentance. I'm not saying you're doing it here. I'm saying that, that we need to repent, submit to God, resist the devil. We need to fight the devil. And we've been given God's word to fight against the devil. The Lord is looking for us to engage in the battle. Why am I experiencing these battles, God? So that you learn how to fight. It's not unclear. It's not weird. It's not just random sufferings. Every suffering, Lord, may every suffering I go through be produced into fruit for your kingdom. May it work toward the knowing of you, Lord. May it work toward your resurrection, life, and power are being worked in me. Let's go to Philippians 3 for just a minute. There's some amazing scripture that the Lord is, the Lord is not random, and the way he works is not random. So if we go to first, uh, sorry, go to Philippians chapter 3, I want to draw this really interesting thing the Lord brought me into two weeks ago um, about the fellowship of his sufferings. We, what I've found is that people try to like make camps in the body of Christ, like, oh, we're the suffering people. 
and then the other people are like, well, we're, we're the power people. <laughs> we're the, we, we do the power thing over here. Oh, no, we do the suffering thing over here. It's, it's better. I'm sorry, but neither are better. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. It's the, it's the way that we, we think as humans. We, we try to create a, a camp over one aspect and make that the whole. And that's, the, that's heresy at, at its definition. It's when we take that, that slice and say, look at the whole pie when it's just one slice of the pie. We need to keep going. We need to press on and stop trying to get notoriety and make a name for ourselves. Amen? Let's let God's name be great. Stop trying to make a name of, for ourselves. Amen? So, in Philippians chapter 3, there's amazing... Uh, hey, Brenda, how's it, going? how's it going? Good to see you. <laughs> it's good to see you on here. So, in verse 7, it says, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet, indeed, I'm in the New King James. Verse 8, Yet, indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ and that would also be knowing, not just not, not head knowledge, but knowing of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness, which is from God, righteousness from God. Did you notice that in, in Isaiah 6, that God was doing the cleansing through the seraphim. God does the cleansing. Isn't that amazing? Right here, righteousness, which is from God by faith. It's not my righteousness. It's his righteousness, him making me right before him, him cleansing me, he, him graciously bringing me into a new life. In verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Oh my goodness. Guys, look at this in verse 10, that I may know him. What is the purpose that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death? Well, we are the power camp. No, we're the, we're the sufferings camp. There are no camps in Christ. There is one God and Father of all. <laughs> Amen? Guys, look at that. It says it so clearly. The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings are side by side. And the power of his resurrection goes way beyond just external signs and wonders. I hope that you seek the gifts. I hope that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are developed in you. I hope that the the gift of the Holy Spirit is, is developed, that he's given you, that, that's developed in you. And I hope that you come to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. I long for that. I desire that. God, keep me in the narrow way. Lord, keep me in the narrow way. Keep me in the narrow way. That's right, Judah. It says, Judah said it takes his power to suffer unto transformation. Isn't that true? We are at this this point where we can't do it in our strength and we never will be able to. We need to relinquish that control. A lot of the church is trying to operate in power without relinquishing control. We need to relinquish control unto God and not ever take control back. That leads us into rebellion against God. 
it is a rebellious act. It's a rebellious heart against God. And God is not into that. <laughs> He's not into it. So, Lord, we thank you for this word. I, let's just go, let's just take a little time and we'll, we'll let this digest. We'll, we'll pray some and we'll praise the Lord. And then if, if anybody wants to call in for prayer, we can do that as well. But let's just take a minute right now to wait on the Lord some more and, and just let the Holy Spirit um, do his thing. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you. And everybody who's just a part tonight, um, just as you feel led, just make your, just make your um, voice, just like lift your voice to the Lord right now. Lift your voice to the Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you are faithful, Lord. Thank you that you are good. Thank you, Jesus, that you are forever God. You are forever the lover of our soul, Lord. Thank you that you are forever the ancient of days, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would cleanse our lips, Lord, where there's been fear, fear of the message, fear of of proclaiming you, fear of uh, representing you, Lord, fear of making a stand, Lord. Would you wash away that fear, wash away that fear, and that we would stand in you. We would stand in the day of trial. We would stand in the day of testing. Thank you, Jesus. I ask that you would, you would wash over your people tonight. You wash over us. Wash over us, Lord, by the, the blood of Jesus. Wash over all of the, the sin, Lord, and cleanse the sin from us. We are a people of unclean lips. We are unworthy, but you Lord, hate it all that we could have fellowship with you, fellowship, true fellowship with you. Wash over us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you paid. Thank you, Jesus, that it's not just a one and done salvation, Lord, that this is an eternal fellowship with the Godhead, eternal fellowship with you. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, God. You are worthy. Go deep tonight, Lord. Cut deep, Lord, and convict our hearts, Lord. Convict our hearts. Lord, I ask for more conviction. Conviction of of pride, Lord. Conviction of lust of the eyes and lust of the flesh. Desiring things that we shouldn't desire, Lord. Wash over us in those areas, Lord. Forgive us from our unforgiveness, Lord, and help us to forgive. Help us to forgive, Lord. Help us to, to let loose, Lord, the people that that have sinned against us, Lord. And forgive us of our sins, Lord. Forgive us of the things that we've knowingly and unknowingly done wrong that are just straight up wrong, Lord. Would you forgive me, Lord, of judgmentalism. Forgive me of religiosity. Forgive me, Lord, of holding up my brothers and sisters in judgment. Forgive me, Lord. Ask that you, Lord, would you would be made great through us, God. I ask that you would be made great through us for the sake of others, for the sake that others would know you. God, we long to know you, and we ask also that you would be made known through us. You be made known in this earth through us, God. Break down, Lord, our idols. Break down our stubbornness, Lord. Break it down. One of the issues in Isaiah's time, guys, was not just idolatry, but also neglect of the poor neglecting those who are less than, those who have less. Lord, forgive us for neglecting the poor. I pray that you put a fire in our belly, Lord, 
that we would not neglect your people, that we would we would give drink and clothing and food to those you call us to, Lord, that we would not turn a blind eye, Lord. We wouldn't walk in the sin of presumption, Lord. I pray that we would we would see as you see, Lord. Our hearts would break for what you break for, that we care about what you care about, Lord. Those who've been persecuted, Lord, those who've been lost, those who've been beaten down by this world. Lord, I pray that you would bring encouragement and refreshing. I pray that you would bring life, Lord, not just physical water, but you would be their living water, Lord, the water that never dies down. I pray that those who need to hear your name tonight would hear your name, that the message would get out, Lord, again. I pray that that the message of your great love, Lord, the message of your great hope, the message of your great salvation, Lord, would be released again through the mouths of this generation, Lord. May my generation not turn a blind eye to you and to this eternal gospel that you've offered to us in Christ, Lord. May our ears not grow weary. May our eyes not grow sleepy. May we repent, Lord. May we turn, 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 turn to you, Lord. I pray for the fire of boldness that comes from the line of Judah would come roaring out of us like a torrent of fire against all enemies of God. And I pray that you, Lord, would be made great. Your name, Lord, would be proclaimed and lifted up in this time, in this hour of darkness, that your name Lord, would be lifted up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Rescue us, Lord, from the grave. Rescue us from the grave of ourselves. Rescue us from the grave of our situations, Lord, and our circumstances. And deliver us from all evil. Deliver us from all forms of unforgiveness and bitterness. Deliver us, Lord, from the powers that seek to destroy and kill Lord, I pray that you deliver us, deliver us, Lord, that you would have a representation. You would have a people. You would have a voice in this, in this earth, Lord. You would have a people who, who care more about what you care about than they care about themselves and, and care about their own lives and care about their own possessions, that they, would, they wouldn't care about their possessions, but they would care about being possessed by you, being filled by you, be, being representatives and ambassadors of Jesus Christ in this time. Break the chains. Break the chains, Lord. Break all of the the idolatrous chains, the curses passed down through the generations, Lord. Ask for more than just blessings, Lord. Ask for your very life. Ask for the fullness of your life to come in, that the gates would be opened up, that the king would come in. You know, I I had this, I I don't want to talk too much about this stuff, but it was two years ago I had an angelic encounter, and, and this angel came and pressed on my back and said, this is your hour of visitation is in the middle of the night. And I was like, Oh my goodness, this is my hour of visitation. And, and forgive me brothers and sisters, forgive me. Cause this was what happened. I fell back asleep. Angel came and said, this is your hour of visitation. It's very powerful. I, I could physically feel the angel pressing upon me, pressed on my back and said, this is your hour of visitation. And I fell asleep. Fifteen minutes later, my daughter Anna wakes up in, in, in the middle of the night, and I, I, I jump out of bed, put her back to bed, and realize, Lord, I missed it. I missed that moment. I missed my hour of visitation. And then he, he beckoned me. He said, come down. Come, come down and sit with me. So I came and sat with the Lord in the middle of the night. This angel returned, and I said, Lord, I don't deserve this. He said, this is the state of my people. 
they have fallen asleep. Wake up, for this is your hour of visitation. Guys, I'm not just after visitations or angelic encounters. I'm not after those things. But when God is beckoning, when God is calling us to draw near to him, let's not miss like I did. Let's not fall asleep because, guys, that is the condition of the church. Asleep, dying in a dead state. We're like chickens cut off from the head. And the Lord would be the the head of his church. And he is the head of his church. And his church is in him. His ecclesia is in him. It is true and it is real. And it's in him. It exists. There's a fullness in Christ. You are forever, forever God. Worthy, holy, forever. Come up. Come up to the upper room. He is holy, worthy to be waited upon. Worthy to be waited upon. Worthy, worthy, worthy to be waited upon. Worthy, worthy, worthy to lay it all down. Come like a fire Come like a fire Come and burn within Come like a fire Come like a fire Come and burn Like a fire, come like a fire, come and burn with it. Come like a fire with boldness, come cast out all the darkness, come deliver us, God. Deliver me from all unrighteousness. Cleanse me from all sickness. Cleanse me from the sickness of my soul. Destroy the power of self. Restore the beauty within. Restore the waste places. Restore your people, God. Restore a sleeping generation. Wake us to the ways of God. Wake us to the one who is holy, the one who is worthy. Wake us to you, Lord. Take us from this state of sinfulness. Take us from this place of self-righteousness and lead us into the everlasting gates. Lead us to those everlasting gates. Open up the gates. 
Open up the gates. The King of Glory come in. The King of Glory come in. Open up those gates again. Open up my eyes so I can see. See your beauty, God. See your glory, Lord. Oh, your glory. Oh, be glorified. Be lifted high. Break all these schisms, all these denominations, all this false unity, Lord. Be the head, be the one who's lifted high in your church, Lord. Be lifted high. You're worthy of a body, oh Lord. You're worthy of a bride, oh God. You're worthy of a people who will lay it all down for the sake of your name. Wash over us again, Lord. Wash over us, let the river of life, the river of life come flowing from the throne. The river of life flowing out, flowing out on your people, God, on the lost, on those who are wicked generation, God. Let the voice be heard again. Let the voice of the Lord be heard again. Let the voice that thunders from the heavens be heard again. Let the voice, let the voice of the Lord be heard in this generation, in this hour, in this time. Let the voice of the Lord be lifted high. Let the voice of the Lord ring deep and wide. Deep and wide, let the voice let the voice be released in this time. Oh, your voice, worthy of a voice in this earth. Thank you, Lord. 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 You are worthy, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is worthy of a voice in this time. And he wants to release his voice again. But he has to have vessels he can trust. And those are vessels that have to be cleansed. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted his soul to an idol. Where there's idolatry, any idolatry, idolatry in the mind, the idolatry of self. Not just physical idols, but idols of the heart. The things, what's an idol? It's something we privilege above God. What do, you, what do I privilege above God, above him? We should never privilege anything above God, ever. But how easy is it to do? <laughs> I'm so guilty of that. Lord, cleanse me of that idolatry. It's he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted his soul to an idol. That's who can ascend the hill of the Lord. Who can ascend... Hill of the Lord. 
Who can ascend the hill? Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? It's he who has clean hands in a pure heart. He who has clean hands in a pure heart. Can I send? Who can I send the hill of the Lord? Who can I send the hill of the Lord? Oh, it's He who has. Clean hands and a pure heart. He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Jesus, thank you for a cleansing, God. Thank you that you clean us, God. Oh, Lord, that you wash us in your blood. Oh, wash us in your blood. It's he who has, it was him who had clean hands and a pure heart. It was Jesus all the time. It was he who has clean hands and a pure heart. It was Christ alone. It was Christ all the time. It was always him and meant to be. He is the seed. He was the seed of David. He was the seed who came. He is the seed who's here. He is the seed who's now. He is the seed. Oh, come cleanse, restore the waste places. It was God. He was just warming up. He was just getting us ready. He was just preparing and breaking up the fallow ground. Oh, break up the fallow ground, he will break again. He will break the fallow ground. Break it up and come prophesy to the valley of dry bones. Prophesy to the valley of dry bones, Lord. Speak to the dry bones, come to life. Speak to the dry bones, come to life. Come to life. Valley of dry bones, come to life. Valley of dry bones, come back. Come back. Come back. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
Amen. Brother Sam, something I tell you a few days ago, um, the Spirit of the Lord said to me, prophesy. And I prayed about this, and um, he had been speaking to me to uh, prophesy unto the gate. And so as I went into the Word, began to get the revelation of what the Lord was speaking for this time, and if it was for a specific people or place or um, another ministry or uh, what. And one of the, I think it was the very first scripture that I was brought to by the Holy Spirit was in Psalm 24. And uh, it says that, uh, including the scriptures that you're speaking now and singing now, uh, and who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? For who shall stand in the holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, and he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek my face, O Jacob. Selah, lift up your head, O ye gates. And be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. And it goes on, um, lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Amen. Amen. And I didn't tell you that. <laughs> and when you started including this in your in in tonight's um I love that word. I I wasn't so shocked. That's <clears throat> happened before with us several times. But yes. I, I wasn't shocked but um Amen. it's glorious. It's been a wonderful word. Thank you so much. Uh I wanna say that speak that out, prophesy, prophesy unto my people. Prophesy, let the spirit of prophecy come forth that is a witness to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That's so good. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the prophecy right now that's ringing out is the testimony of Jesus. It's, it's come to him. You know, Hebrews argues so well of how great a salvation we have in Jesus and also warns us don't forsake this salvation for elemental spirituality, <laughs> elemental spirituality mm-hmm. for rituals and, and going back to, to the old ways, going back to the old ways of attaining spirituality when it's been given in the sun. It's not to discount that God works through other people. It's not that Christ doesn't work through them, but it's, it's those who have Christ in them. <laughs> And have come into Christ that He's really, really working through in greater, greater measure. And I believe in the last days, it's going to be of increased, increased measure, and, and it's going to just keep going. And I just want to respond to Jared too, just, mm. just, just to 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 be encouraged to to press on. You know, it's He who endures to the end, Jared. It's He who endures to the end. Is is who's going to be saved? It's it's this pressing on into the Lord and, and we miss it. There's even God even uses our, our misses 
and if you go to Isaiah eleven eleven, it says, I, I have come a second time, a second time, to recover a remnant of those who remain. There's no better day to remain but today. But today is the day to remain in the Lord, to, to keep pressing on, to forsake the past, my own past. It's so easy to blame myself and blame others and blame the enemy and blame God when God would take us out of the system of blame shifting and into a, really a relationship of grace where grace abides. Grace is misapplied when we use grace to justify our sin. Then we can blame grace. <laughs> we can blame grace for our sin. And, and God's not into that. But true grace is a person named Jesus. It's a relationship with, with Christ alone. And in him is grace. His power is sufficient and perfect in weakness. His grace is sufficient. His power made perfect in weakness. And then his strength comes in. He wants to be strong. He is strong in us. He, he wants to be made strong in us if we'd allow him. I think the issue for me is there's too much of me being strong and I need to be lowly of heart and allow my heart to be low before him. Isn't that good? And, and it doesn't mean I'm, I'm a weakling. It doesn't mean I remain in weakness and fear and pride. Because on the flip side of condemnation is pride, isn't it? It's just the same coin. Pride and condemnation. The Lord wants to deliver us of self-condemnation and of spirits of condemnation. Yes, spirits regret. of condemnation in regret. That's yes. right. That's right. Which is like death and shame and not being able to confess the thing. Not being able to confess the thing before our brethren for fear of what uh, what we you know we think of one another. This is bondage and holding things in darkness as well. We have to not make a place for anything in darkness, but bring it out into the light. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's true. And and that is the that's the tactic of the enemy is to isolate us, to isolate the weak member of the flock, you know, get it off into a place where it cannot um, be seen, you know, it's in the dark. And the Lord wants to keep us from that. <laughs> and he will. He's he's faithful. I mean, he 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 receives people who've who've come out of deep, deep darkness. Deep darkness. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, he didn't come to heal the the well but the sick of heart, the sick of soul, you know, and and so our when our soul is sick, you know, God it God is near. God is he wants he wants to be near to that person. But the issue is is when we start, you know, uh, preaching another gospel, basically, another gospel that says, you know, that uh, God is totally groovy with my my sin, that God is is compatible with my sin. That's totally untrue. It actually makes God to be this very lowly God, and uh, it, it's a sad view, and it's a sad way of looking at God. But yeah, the Lord's the Lord wants to deliver tonight. He wants to deliver us tonight, I believe, of, of, of that shame and condemnation that keeps us from mm-hmm. having fellowship with him. And why not tonight? Why not today? Why not, you know, for, you know, those in Australia tonight, I guess it's morning. Why not this morning in Australia? <laughs> why not? 
you know, it, it's been paid for this morning. You know, here am I, send me, Lord, today is what Isaiah is saying. It's not yesterday. It's not even tomorrow. You know, I may not have the strength for tomorrow, but he can become the strength for tomorrow. He can, he can be the strength for today. I mean, G- Jesus said sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We have a lot of trouble. And he said in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I will overcome the world. And I have, over, I have overcome the world. And so there's a freedom in Christ. And it's, a fr- it's freedom from our nature, our old man, not just freedom from stuff. It's not just freedom from addictions. It is that. But it goes beyond from the, the behaviors and into the very root issue, which is Adam and Eve issue inside of us. And the Lord wants to deliver us of that. And he did at the cross. And we can become a new creation in, in Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. We are his workmanship created in Christ unto, the good, unto good works. And it's the works of Christ. You know, this isn't about just hearing. It's hearing and doing. It's not just faith. It's, it's faith without works is dead. There, there are, there's an outworking of this thing. But it's it's an outworking into life, not an outworking into into a new religious system. It's not, you know, that's where it is. We aren't justified by by works, and we're not justified by faith and works. We're we're justified by faith through grace, by grace through faith. And so there's a there's a justification there that goes on, but then there's an outworking that comes out out of that, and that it's that simple. You know, I don't think we need to leave one out without the other. We need to be hearers and doers, you know. Dear children, let us not love in word or tongue, but with action and in truth. So, you know, that applies to everybody. It applies to me. We need to let this thing work out and work out in the home, work out at the workplace, work out in our relationships, work out on the streets, wherever we are. You know, so maybe you're an Uber driver and the Lord is like, Hey, I, I want you to speak up, you know, or or not even say anything. Maybe he's saying, don't say anything, but listen to the spirit of God. Amen. Uh, Amen. You've been breaking up just a little bit, but uh, I don't, I don't accept that in the name of Jesus. Uh, I come against that. And uh, uh, brother Sam, I think maybe look and see if there's a phone call there. Um, Possibly we had one call coming in, but I need to say, if you are on the fence or you're waiting, you don't have much time because we will run out of the blog talk time to get in on the phone line. So it's 602-753-1977, press 1. Um, while we're waiting, brother, does the Lord show you anything to prophesy over the people tonight or put anything on your heart to prophesy? Yeah, let me let me just pray. A lot of what the Lord was sharing with me earlier was about um, just a, a continual return to surrender and simplicity. Um, it looks like we do have a call coming in. We'll let Chuck talk to them real quick. But yeah, um, it's this return to surrender, you know, and and I believe the Lord uh, is, is really working right now in that because there's a, a real lack of that message in our culture, a lot of what our culture says is you do what you want, you know, and that's, that's justified. 
um, live your own life because your life is such a good life worth living. And Jesus said so clearly, you know, if you want to gain life, then you need to lose it. So, um, we can't really, uh, we can't get around those words. You know, I can't get around those words of, uh, I have to lose my life in, in order to gain it lest I, I gain the whole world and lose my soul. And Jesus is true. He, he's telling us the truth. It's, it, we can go to the bank on that and, and his, his word does not return void, you know? So, um, it looks like we have a caller here. Yeah. Hey, yes, who's this, is, this is April. April. You're- hey, this is April. Hi April. How you doing? Uh, okay. How are you? Good, good. How can uh, how can we pray for you tonight? Just however the Lord please, the Lord leads. I just don't even have a clue. Yeah, where are you located? Yeah, there's West Virginia. West Virginia. Okay. Well, tell tell me what's going on. What's some of the stuff we can pray into going on? I'm I'm sensing oh. there's some burden. You feel burdened about something. I'm sorry, you broke up. I couldn't hear you. Are you feeling burdened about something? Everything. Uh, my kids, money, uh, place to live, parents, family, work. I have no job. I have no car. I have no money. Uh, me and my kids fight all the time. Me and my parents, me and my mom argue. It's getting really hard to live here. I, just, I don't know what to do. Gotcha. Well, can you can you hear me clearly now, or am I still breaking up? No, you're good. Man. Okay. Well, let's pray into those things. I've, what I'm hearing is that there's some, uh, like a root of of anger, maybe, um, some bitterness that's been taken on, taken place, um, in your family. And we can pray into that and ask the Lord for deliverance and also, um, and for healing for your heart. You know, there's, there's some healing that I, I believe the Lord wants to minister and, and through that begin to soften, soften the, the ground. You know, sometimes the ground gets so hard that it needs rain on it it needs the water the watering of the lord and and that's what coming to these types of things are going to be helpful because it's allowing the lord to wash you and cleanse you and soften that ground and uh the lord wants to break that up for you i believe and and just lift off heaviness and condemnation so um we'll just pray about that okay um if that's good with you all right lord just thank you. I come before you, Jesus. Thank you for April. Thank you that you love April, Lord. I thank you that your love goes beyond her her sin, Lord, that your love triumphs over sin, and that you paid on the cross, Lord, for her sin. Lord, I ask that you would deliver her. If, and as I'm praying, April, if there's things that are coming to your mind, just just repent. Just give them up to the Lord. Just lay them down, okay? Because that's going to help. Um, open that door for him to move and to soften the ground. So, Lord, I thank you for April. I ask that you'd forgive her, Lord. I ask that you'd forgive her of everything that she said that came out of her mouth that is not of you. Lord, in the midst of pressure and stress, anxiety, Lord, in the midst of of, um, everything going on with the kids and family members, jobs, and the lack of jobs and living situation, Lord, there's been so much that's come against her. There's been so much that's been brought against her by the enemy. And, and some of it, Lord, 
is birthed out of regret and abuse. Lord, I, I just bind now the spirit of re- abuse right now. All abuse that's been done unto April, Lord, I pray for a healing of all abuse, that you would cleanse her and heal her heart right now by the power of Jesus Christ. I pray that you'd heal that wound, Lord, where she's been abused. I pray that you would heal every um, every word that's been spoken against her and break the power of those curses, every, every voice that is not of you that's spoken curses against her. I pray that every curse right now would be broken. I bind in the name of Jesus all rebellion in the spirit of rebellion. And I ask, Lord, that you would deliver her from rebellion. And I command every spirit of rebellion to be loosed off of her, every spirit of heaviness, heaviness, condemnation, and shame, go in the name of Jesus. All condemnation go in the name of Jesus. I ask, Lord, for the river of life, the the rivers of living water that come forth from you, Lord, would wash over her and cleanse her, Lord. I pray for the washing of the Holy Spirit, a washing in the river of life, a washing, Lord, because you've provided that by your blood, Lord. You've given that to us by your blood. Wash over her again and again and again, Lord. I pray that there would be a deep washing. We break right now all shame, condemnation, regret, and fear. I I rebuke it in the name of Jesus, the spirit of fear. I rebuke you. You get off of her and you lose her. Now you lose her heart. You lose her soul. All bitterness. We come against the bitterness, the, the deep seed of bitterness, Lord. Uproot that, Lord. Uproot that, that, that bitterness. Cut that root in the name of Jesus. I, I cut the root of bitterness in April, Lord. I ask that you deliver her, Lord. Deliver her, Lord. Forgive her for all the, the unclean things that she said, the things she said to her kids that she never meant to, that she never desired to, but it came out of her, Lord. I pray that you would forgive her and wash her of that, Lord. I pray that you would deliver her, Lord, of all of that sickness that comes up from within, that double-mindedness, Lord. It, it would be broken off of her. Lord, I pray that you would you provide for her, Lord. I ask that that you would lose finances, Lord, to her, that she would have a, a place to stay, Lord, that would be safe, Lord. Unsafe relationships would, would be uh, for, forbidden, second. Lord. And I ask that all agreements, all agreements would be broken now with the demonic kingdom, and the kingdoms of man, and that she would come into agreement with Jesus Christ. Thank you for April, Lord. I, I bless you, Lord, for her. And I ask that you would you would deliver her and pour out your blessings upon her in the name of Jesus. April, we're going to be ending here, but if you want to continue on with Witness Project, War Cry is coming 60 up. 60 seconds. And there will be time to pray on War Cry as well. God bless you, and may you know his love his love is greater. His love covers a multitude of sins. God bless you, April. Have a good night, everybody. It was great to see you. We'll see you next time.